just take a moment and take it all in. Absorb it. Now flush it. Why? Probably should be more like, what? As in, what the pat? Episode 17. Do you know levities in the dictionary? I'll talk about Captain Marvel and what I thought. I saw Alita. I'll give you some feedback on that too. Also, Cobra Kai. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's on YouTube. Season 2 is fixing to drop. Just saw the trailer. I'll talk about that. Ah, Right now we're just going to relax and listen. Welcome to the show. It's another glorious day in March. Got snow on the ground here still. I say glorious, I could be merely just kidding around, because I think I'm ready for spring. Don't get me wrong, I love winter and everything. Winter can be fun, I love watching snowfall and all that, but then there's a point where it just gets crazy and you need it to go away. So you can see grass, warms up a little bit. I really get tired of having to suit up. You gotta get the socks on, the boots on, the pants on. You gotta make sure you have long underwear on certain long, you know, days that it's cold. And then layers upon layers. And then you can't move. You know, it's much like a Christmas story where the kid's outside and he can't run from the kids because he's so snow suited up that he can't run. Fragile. That's how I feel sometimes. Uh, it just it just makes it difficult at times. But I do enjoy the winter season. Probably could do with a month less of it, but, you know, why complain about the weather? There's always plenty more to complain about, but I'm not here to complain. In fact, I love having rants sometimes, but I'm working at not ranting because I want this to be fun. There's no need for me to get ruffled feathers and, and talk about something that you may not even care about, right? So I set the ranting aside. Although, I do enjoy a good rant, and I hear those from time to time, you know, out in a, out in a boat. But let's shift to talk about something more tangible. Uh, as you know, I've been reading some of the stuff from my great-grandfather, Captain Stull. Uh, Stephen even read one of the uh, reports that I had, so I thought that was cool to have a different voice on there. Um, but since I started doing that, uh, I have gotten a lot of people who have found the audio that I've done and his website. And I'm actually getting more information about uh, some of the ships he was on and the history and have seen more photos. So... It's taken me years to to get stuff on the internet, and now it's kind of cool that it's finally taken a turn and people are seeing it and have more information themselves. It's always cool having, I think, a box of history that no one's heard or seen, and you get to share it, and it's just exciting, because I was pretty excited that someone had some stuff uh, they dug up for me to see and everything. So you get more pieces of the puzzle that you have because he was pretty descriptive in what he wrote and everything. So it's cool having that and sharing it. And then people are like, oh, well, there's this, this, and this. So you have more to the puzzle and everything. Because I've had one of his medals for years, but I never knew the story behind it. And I couldn't find any information on it. And then someone I've been in touch with, he's like, check this out. And it had the history of, how he got the medal, where it was going on, and all of that. So that's that's pretty cool to me, and uh, I think it's cool too because I could put this out and my family can listen too and stuff because a lot of the family hasn't uh, either read or heard any of this stuff. So I just like sharing it. Plus, it's history. I mean, it's very cool. Some of the stuff is well over 100 years old, 
And that to me is just fascinating. I mean, I was, I was taking a staple out of some of the papers and I'm looking at the staple going, this thing is older than me, held these pieces of paper together for this many years. It's done its job. And I find myself having trouble throwing it in the trash because of everything, but I don't need it. It's, you know, I pulled the staple out and put in the sheets and protective stuff so that they're safe and, um, the paper's pretty thin, so I don't want it to get destroyed and everything or deteriorate. So it's just weird stuff like that. And even just holding the papers thinking, you know, wow, this is this is so surreal that he wrote all this stuff. And I wonder if he ever thought what would become of it and everything. So that's just some stuff that goes through my head when I'm doing it. Plus, I'm having fun and, and I like sharing it. And being that it's history firsthand account, so to speak, versus reading it in a history book. So it's like, it holds more meaning knowing, you know, this is a family member. And I, I had met him as a, like a, I think I was probably five. Um, and I don't remember much. So, but I do recall meeting him. <laughs> That's about it. So hopefully by reading all the letters and everything, I do him some justice. And also he did have a dream of being published from what I was told. So in a way, um, I'm getting him published and out there to the world, you know, and adding more to history that uh, some didn't know about or that he had some pieces in there that people are like, oh, wow, that's cool. But yeah. So if you want to check just those out and not listen to me ramble on here, I do have his podcast up, which you can find on whatthepat.com in the podcast area. And it's also called Captain Jack Stull. If you want to see it, it's on iTunes and all of that. And uh, if you have any feedback, too, I mean, you can always reach out to me. Send me an email, whatthepatpodcast at gmail.com. There's a contact on the website, whatthepat.com. There's Facebook. There's there's many ways to get a hold of me. I, I'm, I'm fairly uh, out there on the net, even if you just shoot. You know, shoot. Don't shoot. Search. Search my name. Don't shoot my name. Sh- search it. You're probably here, though, to hear what I thought about Captain Marvel. Well, hold on a second. Let's switch over to TV, media, and movies. All right, hey. Uh, Captain Marvel. Holy cow. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny there and lead you up to something. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, I did, however, go see Alita, and I thought about catching uh, Captain Marvel Thursday night, but... I've ran into a slight glitch with Cinemia, and it's kind of pissed me off. I showed up at the theater, went to confirm to check in, and I couldn't. The app wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me confirm any movie. Therefore, I couldn't use Cinemia to purchase my ticket. So, instead of driving all the way back home, I purchased my ticket because I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's a glitch and they'll take care of me. Um, yeah. Of course, wishful thinking if you read all the crap going on with them. They're canceling accounts and so on and so forth. I started MoviePass right when um, I read an article where it was like this dirt cheap price and nobody even really heard about it that I knew and was talking to about it. So I, I jumped in. It took like a month to get the card on that. And then, you know, then I think within two months after having the card, they were like, hey, why don't you do the yearly service, which was cheaper? So I did that. So I, I loved MoviePass. I had a great time with it. I got actually like six other people signed up on it and using it and everything, and everybody was having a good time. Just going out and seeing movies that you even didn't really care to see, you had fun. It just really was exciting. So when MoviePass 
started failing because obviously it wasn't going to last because how can this how can this work uh you know paying full price for a ticket and giving all these things out but anyway blah 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 anyway movie pass is still around they're still uh, they're like a bird with a broken wing kind of flopping around sucks balls you know trying to make it work but i jumped ship they offered me a refund i got actually like some money back but i saw a whole ton of movies and a really good deal so i was like i'll give cinemia a try and since day one, it's been crap. At first, I couldn't check in. The app is horrible. Nothing like what MoviePass had. And you didn't have the card. Um, so you had to virtually get a credit card from them and then check in. And then there were hidden fees. That's dumb as fuck. And it just kept going on and on. And then checking in started working so I could check in. And now I've got this whole shabacle of, you know... I've contacted them several times daily saying, hey, what's up? Because they have no problem contacting you saying, you didn't check in. You better be careful because we'll find you. Which, what the fuck? This is bullshit. If you give a subscription... Oh, no, I'm ranting. Anyway, so, (laughs) Alita. That was better than expected. I had so much fun and just really enjoyed the movie. I think they played it a bit too safe, but they kept a cohesive plan together so that you weren't bored. I did have a couple problems with it, but that's, you know, I've had problems with some Star Wars movies. Ryan Johnson sucks balls. It's it's the norm. Without giving anything away, even though I do give spoilers, um, some of the, the characters I didn't care for, some of the uh, cyborgs I thought were just really goofy because i thought if i'm a cyborg why would you go with that design but these are just you know things that sort of bothered me the lead i can't think of her name and uh, you know i could look it up but there's no need she was amazing um christopher waltz was amazing jennifer conley could have done with more of her she was great too Overall, I really love the movie, and it's definitely set up for a sequel. And uh, there is a cameo in it, and if you don't know who he is by the end of the movie, then um, good luck looking it up. Maybe you could ask me, and I'll tell you who it was. But I thought that was cool he was in it, because he could be troublesome in some movies from my understanding. But that was neat. Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron um, working together in different roles, of course. They made it work. Well done, and I know nothing about like the anime or the manga, I believe, what it's based on. Yeah, you can go see it without knowing any of that. Definitely, definitely surprised me. Which, I like the trailers, so I was like, oh, I'll go see it. But, yeah, we're checking out. So, with Cinemia screwing up, I just kind of paused on Captain Marvel because I didn't want to get frustrated. Um, TV, again, Walking Dead, back on, and, man, I'm actually wanting to see the show again. I'm back. I've, I feel like... They've really started turning it around in a good way. The new villains, the Whispers, are great, creepy, and gross. There's some pretty cool gross-out scenes, which sometimes I'm cool with and sometimes not. But these these were cool. I didn't, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's how you peel a face off, but hey. No! I never want to know. We'll just leave it to movie magic on that. But yeah. If you haven't started The Walking Dead, you're way behind. <laughs> Sorry. And Fear the Walking Dead, I think that comes back in April. So I think there's some bleed over from Walking Dead going to happen more on Fear the Walking Dead. And of course they have a third, well I guess it'd be a second spinoff, so a third show coming. I wonder if it's going to turn out to be like CSI. 
CSI Miami or NCIS. No, CSI. I don't know. I've only watched those a couple times. I have no idea how many of those. I think there's two NCISs now. Or is there three? Who knows? You'd have to look it up. Did finish the Lorena Bobbitt documentary on uh, Amazon Prime. It was decent. It had some funny moments, but really some were kind of disturbing and just like, on a whole, you could see just the whole bunch of just messed up, really. So, but you can check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Also, a new documentary I started. I don't know if it's new, but it's new to me. Captives. Holy crap. The first, it's like an hour long. Each one deals with people who have been captives. So the first one dealt with a prison in Ohio. And uh, it's it was interesting and crazy and uh, pretty neat to watch. So captives, check that out. I've got two episodes in. I skipped the second episode because uh, you had to read subtitles. Sometimes I like to multitask, so it's hard to read the screen and and edit and stuff like that. So probably get back to that one, but uh, jump to the third one, which was pretty cool too. Not cool that they got captive, but the, just the story. It's, it's neat. And working my way through Punisher. Got three episodes in. I did see like the screen grab for the next episode and... Billy, really, I don't, if he's called Jigsaw, I don't want to ruin it, but I'm sure you could, uh, his face got dragged across a, a mirror, a broken mirror at the end of season one, and it doesn't really, I don't know, I have trouble with that. Overall, I'm invested though. Episode three had a feeling of assault on Precinct 13, which there's two, two, movies out there. I had never saw the original. I saw the one with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. It was decent. It was fun. But yeah, Punisher, it's great. Too bad uh, we get only two seasons. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we get more. But I haven't even finished this season. Maybe at the end of it, I'll be like, man, what did I just watch? And wrapping it up, Survivor this season uh, is doing great. Three episodes in and I, I like it more than I thought I was going to this season. So that's cool. I, I like they really keep a show... It's not like uh, Jeopardy, where you know what it's going to be it being a game show. So Survivor is cool because they can always change the rules, change the games, and, and give you something new and fresh, even though it's kind of the same old, same old, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's it for TV, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Now a word from our sponsor. And uh, back to me, because I don't have a sponsor. But if we want to talk tech, let's talk some bathroom tech again. Uh, or is it is a toothbrush even really a bathroom? Because some people keep it in the kitchen. So it could be kitchen tech too, right? I don't know. I keep my toothbrush in the bathroom. Some keep it in the shower because they brush in the shower, but I don't. So long story short, I have never liked dentists. I don't like them rummaging around in my mouth and uh, causing pain. I hate it. And I was not always the best caretaker of my teeth until I met Allison, who she's like you know, went over the health benefits and all that and so forth. So regularly visit the dentist. It's taken me a while to to get a good plan going, but I'll pat myself on the back. I've done a good job. I've had some support. But anyway, this is more like I finally found a toothbrush that I just love. And it's made by Quip, Q-U-I-P. I've heard about people in other podcasts talk about them and everything. And uh, I've used the Philips electric toothbrush for years and, and, and enjoyed that. But finally I was like, Quip, sounds cool. I'll check it out. 
Holy cow, I love this thing. I I thoroughly enjoy brushing my teeth at night with it. And what's cool is you get the toothbrush. It's small, easy. You don't have to plug it in and charge it. And every three months, they'll send me a new head and a battery for five bucks. But I did some plan where I get like the first year free or something. But Quip, it's worth checking out if uh, you like some cool toothbrushes. And I thought every three months for five bucks, a new head and a battery, uh, it just keeps it going and stuff. So it's pretty cool. That's some bathroom tech for you. Plus, it is nice going into the dentist now and my hygienist going, look at them teeth. You know, you feel good. You feel good, you know? And if you feel good, you look good. Isn't that how the saying goes? What is the saying? You can't see. I'm scratching my head right now. I guess if we're talking about teeth, why don't we talk about beverages? Oh, I need a can. Of, like, shh. It's my fake can opening up. Maybe I'll get a real one for sound effect. Because you guys like sound effects, right? Huh? But beverage talk. So as I mentioned, Burger King, they, you know, can I say it? They fuck up the Coke. So last night, because long story short, had to visit uh, a family member in the hospital. They're doing good. No concerns. Everything's good. But uh, we stopped for a bite to eat because it was late on our way home. And Burger King was the choice. And in my head, I'm like, ah, their Coke sucks. So uh, Allison got her Diet Coke as usual. And I got my Coke and and, uh, didn't taste them coming home. You know, of course they mark them. So we get home. I'm like four or five sips in. And then I'm like, man, this tastes like Diet Coke. (laughs) So I I taste hers. I can't even tell what the hell it is. It looks like Coke. It sort of tastes like Coke. It's not Pepsi. I could tell the difference of that. But anyway, long story. Not really. It's a short one. Um, She had pretty much drank almost all of my Coke, which is crazy because she doesn't care for, like, regular Coke because the sugar and stuff on her teeth drives her crazy. She she don't mind the diet. I don't like diet. Anything diet, it's got all those fake sugars in it. Everybody's like, it's a real sugar. It's from a plant. I don't care. It tastes like crap. It puts this coating on your tongue, and I don't care for it. But it took me... Probably a good five sips of the Diet Coke to even realize it was Diet Coke. So I think they uh, cut it with something. I do. Because, you know, Burger King, take a lesson from McDonald's. Make proper Coke. Let's say as a kid, everybody's like, Coke's the great. And you go to Burger King, you'd be like, no, it tastes like shit. And then they go over to Pepsi. Which if you like Pepsi, that's okay. Because that goes great with Southern Comfort. Which leads me into the part of, let's do some history. Here's a little bit from my uh, great-grandfather. Enjoy, and I'll catch you back in a bit. Catch catch you in a little bit. I'll uh, talk to you soon. After this. This is taken from the Saturday Evening Post, April 22nd, 1950. Nine heroic ships. There is fact behind the fiction. When a ship in Robert Carse's tense story, page 26 is nominated for the Gallant Ship Award. During the war, the Marine Time Commission thus decorated nine ships with plaques if there was anything left to decorate, which in several cases there wasn't. The crew survivors of these valiant craft got individual ribbons. The Cedar Mills did come through after towing the French warship Le Triomphant, which had a 45-degree list through a terrific blow off East Africa and saving part of her crew from the sea and sharks. The first of these awards went to Samuel Parker for beating off repeated air attacks while ablaze 
in action off Tripoli while British soldiers lining her decks shot at the aircraft with rifles. Three vessels won the honor on the North Russian run, where Carse's story is laid. The William Moultrie, the Nathaniel Green, which later was torpedoed and beached in North Africa, and the Virginia Dare, also fated to be torpedoed in the Mediterranean, where her crew beached her before she broke her back. The Marcus Daly and the Adram Judson did their great deeds in the Layet Gulf action. And the remaining two award winners never came home. The tanker Stanvac Calcutta finally went down after a fierce running fight with a German raider off Brazil, and the Stephen Hawkins battled two raiders in the South Atlantic, sinking one and badly damaging the other before disappearing herself. Ten of her crew survived 31 days in a lifeboat. This is taken from Marine News. Shipmaster Tells War Thriller Tale by Roy Beadley. He does it quietly and without embellishment, but Captain E.J. Stahl, master of the American mail liner India Mail, now preparing to load wheat here for India, can tell you a wartime suspense story that will make your hair curl. Stahl was master of the Portland-built Liberty Samuel Parker and assigned to the British Ministry of War transport for service in the Mediterranean before and during the invasion of Sicily. We were at anchor in Tripoli one night, our number three hatch loaded with blockbusters. We saw a phosphorescent wake moving toward us, and at first I thought it was a big fish, and then we could tell it was a German circling torpedo, he relates. It was so close we couldn't depress our machine guns enough to fire at it so we began firing with small arms. It made two complete circles around the ship, then headed straight for that number three hatch. We all thought that was the end, but for no apparent reason, the torpedo dived within a few feet of the side, then came to the surface again and headed away from us. A British officer aboard our ship finally exploded it with rifle fire, and it threw spray mast high. Help traded. Stull's ship carried British 8th Army troops and munitions in the invasion of Sicily and the vessel received so many near-bomb misses that she had more than 250 holes in her hull and superstructure. We would have sunk for sure if the British cruiser Delhi hadn't sent over a crew of artificers to help our own men stop leaks, he said. Stoll was decorated by both the British and American governments for the service in the campaign, and the Parker received the Gallant Ship Award. Crew? Ship? Fine. I don't want to make this sound egotistical, Stoll pleaded in the interview. Please, make it clear that the crew deserved most of the credit. I had a wonderful crew, and the Parker was a wonderful ship. The Parker returned to New York for repairs, and then operated in convoy service to England for a period. In December 1943, Stoll was relieved for a vacation. The vacation lasted three days. Then he was ordered to the Pacific, where he commanded and turned the Island Mail and China Mail, both of the American Mail Line fleet, then serving as troop ships. Stull first went to sea in 1906 in square riggers and thinks that seafaring now is a picnic compared with then. He has been with American Mail and its predecessor since 1919. The Indian Mail, one of American Mail's four Portland-ported C-3s, is making her first visit here and will load 12,800 short tons of grain for Madras and Calcutta when she finishes lining at Clark & Wilson. SS India Mail on March 10, 1952, from 8.30 to 10.30 p.m., we passed through a glistening milk-white sea. Not the usual green phosphorescence that is occasionally seen on tropic waters, but a sea of foamy, pure white milk that was luminous enough to light up our mass and king post and house. There was none of the ordinary sparkling phosphorescence about it. It was just a shining, pure white, as brilliant as a beaded movie screen. The surface appeared foamy, a solid, 
unbroken, white clear to the horizon, which was a sharp line against the overcast of the sky that was inky black by comparison. This white sea was roughly oval in shape, lying northeast and southwest and about 30 by 40 miles in extent. Its axis lay approximately 21 degrees north, 115 degrees east to 22 degrees north and 115 degrees east. The area was visible more than 20 miles away, a clear streak on the horizon as though the thick overcast was lifting to show the sky. The sea was smooth. A gentle to moderate breeze blew from the north. The sky was overcast. Temperature, sea 75 to 77, at intake, air 70 degrees. We passed the extreme northern edge of this patch, eastbound, 29 hours later, at about 2 a.m. March 21st. Here, the water was merely a dirt white at the ship, but the whole southern horizon bosch-lighted with a glow like dawn. North of us, the sea was black. Temperature of the sea, 70 degrees. Air, 63. Sky, thick overcast. In this part of the China Sea, at and near the edge of the continental shelf, where the colder waters meet and mingle with the tropic sea, I have often seen green fire phosphorescence in bands, and also alternating bands of dirty white and black water spaced evenly and regularly about 100 yards apart. But this time was the first time in more than 40 years at sea that I have seen a solid, shining, milk-white sea. E.J. Stull, Master. That was one of the shorter ones, three three put together and stuff. Uh, I have a lot of papers to go through and dig, so sometimes it's hard for me to decide which one I want to read because some are like 14 pages long, and I'd really have to break that up. And then also my aunt sent me a box of stuff, which is amazing. I believe so far I've come across two books that he had written that aren't published and uh, look forward to going through those and I'm working on one of his short stories trying to see if I can get that um, from the typed form you know over digital because converting to OCR off of these is is really hard and uh, just making sure everything's you know formatted correctly and got everything spelling and all that correct but I do have a short story I'm working on Uh, it's called Wolf a Canary and uh, that I'm working to try and get up on Amazon so people can hook it up to their Kindle because, well, I think that counts as being published, right? <laughs> we'll mention the stuff I'm listening to still. Discord Accords. That's that's a, a weekly driver for me. And uh, was it good enough? Jonathan's uh, podcast on films he's watching. That dude watches a wicked ton amount of films and and just keeps going. That, that I commend you, brother, because that's a lot of movies. And some of them you watch, I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, I'm selective. I guess if I was doing reviews, I'd watch stuff and, and give my input. But I mostly just watch what I like and uh, give a review on that. But yeah, was it good enough? That's on Google Podcasts and iTunes. And same with Discord Accords. And of course, the other stuff I mentioned you know, last week. Feel free to go back in time and listen to that podcast again. So, um, music. Man. I'm still just hitting uh, feeling lucky on Google Music and listening to some rock and roll. And if you got any rock and roll you want me to check out, let me know. I told you earlier, whatthepat.com or email me, whatthepatpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, just let me know. Feedback's great. Well, that probably does it for me. I'm going to wrap it up around here. Get this folded up. There we go. Oh, yeah. Find an envelope and drop it in the mail to you. Remember when it used to be like that? Write a letter, 
put it in the mail. It's already old news. But now I can just edit this puppy up, slap it on the internet, and boom, instant listening pleasure. Thanks again for listening. Appreciate you coming along for the ride. Seriously, hit me up. Let me know how things are going. You can even hit me up with some reviews on iTunes. That helps because it moves you up the chain so more people can find you. And uh, it'd be cool to have more people find me. I think I'm a hidden gem. I'm like that diamond in the rough. Can I talk about that? I don't know. I just know that I'm going to wrap things up now so that you can go about your day and uh, crave more what the path. Till then, I'll catch you next week. Don't. No. Leave your shoes on. Strawberry jam. Snow blow the East Coast. I'm only responsible for two driveways, and sometimes I help out with a third.